0: welcome to from the shed End podcast episode 35 big 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 weekend um, just gone dropped some points but um let's start with the introductions obviously theo as always is joined with me how are you doing theo
1: yeah i'm good it was a bit of a disappointing weekend but we can thank some other teams that got the results um you know any other in the other premier league games but yeah i was disappointed game at stamford bridge overall which we'll touch upon later yeah, yeah.
0: I we joined, obviously, new face, new face on the, the channel today. Do you want to just introduce yourself and let the listeners know
2: who you are? Yeah, yeah. My name is Haider. Um Hardcore Chelsea fan from Young. Um, and it's actually a pleasure to be on. So thank you guys for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. it's definitely going to be um, beneficial to have a, a third voice because obviously you know, it's normally me and Theo. Um, and, and yeah good to get a fair perspective and, and maybe disagree with us as well at times as well which is well, what you know what we're here for so for anyone who's listening on apple or spotify and you're not look at, looking looking to, to find us on youtube at the moment you can see um our socials at the very bottom of the screen but it's at from the shed end on twitter search us on youtube as well instagram slightly different it's at from the shed end with underscores between each of the words so just give us a like subscribe comment all of that stuff as well and interact with us but let's get straight into it it was a it was a it's a tough watch um unfortunately I missed the Burnley game I didn't get to see it live um so I had to catch the highlights but it was a tough watch man it was really bad so Theo I'll start with you uh, What, what was your thoughts I think you was at the game wasn't you so w- what was your thoughts on, on Burnley
1: yeah I was there I was there um I went to I walked to Stamford Bridge still thinking that my 2-0 prediction would be quite accurate we both agreed on 2-0 um last week you know, given that this Burnley side have been quite, you know, weak in the opening weeks of the Premier League, and um, it was it started off so well. It was dominant. We had so much of the ball. I think very, very early on, Hudson cut- Odoi had a really good chance. Um, Pope was brilliant. To be fair, he was, you know, you know why he's in England regular in the squad hasn't been called up recently, but he showed why he should be, you know, in, among those those three keepers that has called up to England. But um, but from our side, it was just poor. You know, we weren't clinical enough. Um, it was kind of the story of, you know, the last few games we had a last season, I suppose, when we were winning games, 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, it's just not clinical enough. Um, I can think of a, a handful of chances, which we should be, you know, burying and putting in the back of the net. Um, I see a lot of people on Twitter, you know, pointing the finger to Ross Barkley for his chance that he missed, but I actually think he had a really, really good game. Yeah, he was very good. He was creating chances. He was driving the ball up the pitch and uh, maybe behind, um, Rhys James, he was potentially our man of the match. So, um, credit to Ross Barkley, but the one highlight from the game was the goal. I thought, um, it was a brilliant goal, uh, absolute brilliant delivery from, um, Rhys James and Kai Havertz. Now I think his third goal of the season with his head. So he's he's showing, you know, about with the absence of uh, Lukaku that he's got that aerial ability, which we've spoken about in previous episodes and he is a threat, um, uh, with, with his head but um, overall it's disappointing I came back to my my flat and my housemate who missed the game asked me what was the, you know what did Chelsea do and I said we lost then I had to correct myself I said sorry we, we drew we drew because that's how I felt it felt almost like a defeat when you kind of have to watch your rivals you know pick up points afterwards was you drop two points but the overall feeling is disappointment but it was still disappointment but it was a dominant performance with a lot of chances so there are a couple of positives but you know, mainly disappointment yeah, I'd have to
0: agree with that. Haida, I'm going to bring it to you because obviously, um, I think Thiago Silva had a really good chance as well. Um, second half, I think he hit the post, didn't hit but, post, Yeah, uh, yeah just, just in terms of your, your assessment of the game, was it two points dropped? Was it a game that we should have won? Maybe if we had a Lukaku or a Werner in that sort of position, supporting
2: Havertz as well? thing for me which, um, which really hurt was it wasn't an expected draw. If you watch the whole game, you know, there was at, at no point was I watching the game thinking we're going to concede or we're looking a bit leaky at the back or we're looking a bit vulnerable. You know, like the Brentford game, um, if we had conceded in the Brentford game, I kind of would have expected it. Mm-hmm. I was at, at some point I, I was thinking maybe a header is going to go in for one of those long throw ins. They're putting us under the cosh with the Burnley game. I, I was always I was about to fall asleep. There was there was a point during the game I, I had it on and I thought okay this game is fading out now um and we, we look solid you know we look we look comfortable we might even nick a goal ourselves but I just I just wasn't expecting that goal to come through from that perspective it was it was extremely extremely uh, a negative however it came at a good time it did come at a good time obviously we saw the results uh, uh, in the other in the other games and it doesn't seem like again, I don't want to get too excited, but it doesn't seem like we're going to concede every week. It doesn't seem like this is a thing where, you know, ju- based on previous games, we, we're getting used to conceding and stuff. So throughout, throughout a 38-game season, you're going to get a few bad games. You're going to get a few results that can't go your way. You have to be realistic about it. And I feel like because of other results, this is something that we kind of just have to push to the side and move forward. Because if you dwell on stuff like this and you start thinking we've conceded, we might concede again. We're not scoring enough. Our attackers are out. You can get into a mind frame of, of being victims of your, own, of your own failure, you know, and then eventually teams come and they think, okay, you know what? We're on them. They're vulnerable now. They haven't got a striker. They've conceded a goal, so maybe we can go and get two now. So I kind of think you have to look towards positives. Attackers are coming back. That's always a positive. We've done this with, I'd say, five or six players from the first team out injured. If if, Mm. if you look at, you know, you've got Kovacic, um, uh, Werner, uh, uh, Lukaku, Uh, Mason Mount. as well, just coming back to to fitness, yep. You know, and if you look at other teams around us, if they had that many injuries, it would be very, very evident. We've been now top for four weeks, is it? I think it's, it's, it's a whole month. Not a lot of people are talking about that. You know, a lot of people might say, at the start it was oh, you know, Man City had a bad game, but watch when they catch up and watch when they, you know, you're going to concede soon and you're going to this. And, and now it's a month. And, and before we know it, it might be two months. And this, is, and this is the kind of mentality I'm talking about. We have to kind of stay in this positive mentality because things are going well for us. And even in the times that they haven't been going well through injuries, we've managed to sustain the lead at the top of the league. Uh, so for me, it was a blip but it's not something I'm going to dwell on.
0: Yeah, I agree. But I agree with both of you. You know, I think it was, um, you look at those run of fixtures that we've had for that sort of end of October. and, And even now, you know, through, through November, um, you look at those fixtures and I think, you know, people like to say they're easy or winnable games and Burnley's a very, very, very tough um team to play against. You know, they they like to be very defensive. They they set up to make it difficult for teams as well. And they did that. You know, they they executed that really well. For for the goal, I do feel I do feel like we defensively we were poor at that minute. We switched off, I think it was rudy Goh yeah. who who played um I can't remember who he played on side, but it was just It was just that lapse in concentration, but it is one of those things. And to be honest, I think it is probably obviously fortunate for us that other clubs, you know, Liverpool being the biggest one dropping points in the same weekend. And, you know, it does, I agree with you, Theo, it did feel like a defeat to me because of the expectations before the game. I did think, you know, it's three points. You kind of almost go into those kind of games. I think yeah. no disrespect to Burnley, but it, it's yeah. just Burnley. You know, you expect to get the three points, especially on the, the form that they, I think they're 19th or they were 19th um, in the league ahead of that game. So you kind of expect to get three points based off just the form that we're in and the form that Burnley were in as well. So, it is it is a blip. You know, I think every, every team's having that this season. Um, I, I, I did say earlier in the season that there is going to be no easy games this season. There's no, for me, there's no such thing as an easy game because, you know, you've just mentioned as well, the injuries that we've had and we, we've been able to sustain that sort of momentum, which I think is brilliant, but, you know, you do have to take those kind of losses and it does, it does. I know it's a draw. We've got a point, but it does feel like a big loss, but, you know, I'm optimistic, you know, obviously the international breaks come in now and, it is the only downside, which we'll touch on later, is obviously the players that have come back from injury have all gone to their, you know, their respected uh, nations to, to play. So, um, you know, fingers crossed. You know, the likes of Pulisic, including the travel that he's going to have to do to get to play football for, for USA, you know, that doesn't hamper him when he comes back. But um, yeah, in terms of the game itself, you know, I couldn't really fault really anyone for for us. You know, I, I agree. You know, Barkley had a brilliant game. Um, obviously, good to see Kante kind of back in that that role that he plays as well but it was just a, it was just a blip for me it was a poor game um in in terms of the result but I thought the way that we played was really good so you know you can't really fault, fault us for that but you know bit of a break now and and I know I can only speak for myself but the internationals when they when they come round it's it's depressing it's depressing. <laughs> it's gray skies all over the Premier League but um uh, boy. you know' can't, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for them to uh, be out of the way. But we'll talk about international shortly. But I want to talk about two ex-Chelsea uh, players, one being the manager. And we'll start with Frank Lampard, who has been heavily linked with um, Norwich. I think it's how talks with them Monday. Theo, I'll come to you. Because I know you're a big fan of, well, we're all big fans of Lampard, I hope, you know, um, yeah. you know, definitely um, can see him back at Stamford Bridge in some capacity at some point. But Theo, I'm going to ask you, is it the right fit for, for Frank Lampard? He's had his time out now. He's sort of reflected on his time at Chelsea to come back in at Norwich. He was struggling in the Premier League. Is it the right role for him to take?
1: Well, firstly, I think there is a bit of truth in this, you know, story or rumour because I think Fabrizio Romano said that talks had begun between between Lampard and Norwich. So there is some truth behind it. But and do I think it's the right fit? I do think Frank Lampard it's better than Norwich, if I'm completely honest. He's managed Chelsea. He's managed Chelsea in the Champions League. So maybe his levels are, you know, above Norwich. But at the same time, he does have to bring that level slightly down now because Chelsea is the best of the best. And we saw that Lampard at times as manager of Chelsea. It pains me to say, but he did struggle at times. And he didn't really have all the, you know, the dressing room backing him. Maybe he struggled with, the, you know, the winning some players over. But it's going to be a difficult job if he does take it. Norwich are rock bottom of the Premier League right now. I think they won their first game over the weekend against Brentford. But um, I do think there's some interesting players you can work with, particularly Chelsea Loney and Billy Gilmore. I think you'll get the best out of him at Norwich, and maybe even you know while while Daniel Farke was still there, there were stories that he'd come back to Chelsea in January or they would terminate his loan. Whereas should Lampard take over, I think he would you know see out the loan until June. So that's exciting from a Chelsea perspective. You know, get the best out of Billy Gilmore. But at the same time, I do think you know I do still think Norwich will get relegated, Lampard or not. So it's almost like does Lampard want to have a relegation on his CV with Norwich? And I don't think he wants that. I think he takes a lot of pride now in the clubs he manages and you know the results he gets, especially after managing Chelsea. So I think a small part of him wants almost a better club than Norwich. No disrespect to Norwich, but you know that's why maybe the Villa job may be, be more appealing to him. But there's another um, other candidates I think in Lucien Fab and John, John Terry that are linked with um, the Villa job. But um, from a Chelsea perspective and a footballing perspective, I'd just love to see Lampard managing back in the Premier League. So I say go for it.
0: Yeah, so it's a good point you make around the, the sort of, obviously, just looking at the table now, I think obviously Norwich are on five points with Newcastle, they're rock bottom, but they're only five points off safety, which you look at Newcastle, Eddie Howe going there, you know, they might they might get a few points there. But I think... For me personally, I don't know. I think for me, do I want to see Lampard struggle with Norwich? You know, that could, is a big gamble because I think if, obviously, if they get relegated, I don't think anyone would necessarily blame Lampard for that relegation because you could almost say they're down now (laughs) the way that they're playing at the moment so I think it could work in his favour if they go down you look at the likes of um, Bournemouth now at the moment I know they're doing really well in the championship and Norwich tend to do very well in the championship so it could actually be a blessing in disguise he goes back down to the championship regroups brings in the players that he wants to bring in the spotlight's going to be almost off him Uh, you know, if he goes down or if Norwich go down as well. So um, Hyde, I'm going to ask you the same question in in terms of Lampard. What's your thoughts? Does he, does he take the job? Does he wait for a better opportunity to come up in the Premier League?
2: I think, I know you said five points, they're five points away from, uh, from safety, but to be realistic about it, they're going to get relegated, whether it's Frank Lampard or whether it's Steven Gerrard coming in or Mm -hmm. I see nothing in that Norwich team. Apart from, uh, apart from our Billy and Yester, um, i see seen nothing in that Norwich team at all to tell me that there's even hope that they may even put a challenge towards survival, if I'm honest with you. I was at the game at Stanford Bridge when we, uh, when we put seven past them and probably the worst performance I've ever seen from an away team at Stanford Bridge. It was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. You know, it was good for us, Good day out, loads of goals, Mason Mountain hat trick. But uh, there was a point when it hit 6 0. I, lo- I, was, I was looking at their team and I thought, none of them want to be here. N- none of them are interested. And obviously, the way football is going these days, that's going to reflect on the manager. I think, I think Lampard coming in might give them a bit of a boost in terms of effort, you know, playing for a manager. But look at the individuals in that team. I might be wrong, but I think they're going to get relegated. And if they get relegated, he's setting himself up for quite a, tr- a tricky career. Um, you know, is he going to get them back up? If he doesn't, is he going to stick in a championship? If he sticks in the championship, is a Premier League team going to be interested in, t- in him? Is he then going to be a championship manager for the rest of his career? So it, it could define him. Not that he's the reason that Norwich are in the position they're in, but being attached to a club like this, I think, I think it could define him, and personally I would if I was Lampard, I would stay away from Norwich, either go to a good team in a championship, which is, you know, uh, got ambitions, looking to get places, has owners that are going to fund him, has owners that want to get places, or for me, I'd go abroad. Um, I'd manage abroad if I was him even if it's a you know Premier League style team abroad but not at the top level go you know understand people's mentalities see what it's like out there see what players are like and I think he can then bring that into a lesser league lesser team in Premier League and then adopt his own style Um, but for me if he does go to Norwich it's it's, it's not going to be good it's not going to be good
0: so it's a it is a massive gamble. It is, and if he if it, you know if it pays off and he he keeps Norwich up, and then they do give him a bit of money. I know that I'm sure they've spent quite a bit already. Um, but in terms of in terms of Frank Lampard, it is a massive gamble because, like you say, you know, you could end up with him sort of floating around and swapping around championship clubs. But sorry, I think, just
2: to, just to cut you off, you you just got to look at um, before Frank Lampard what type of club they are. They're very comfortable getting relegated every year and coming back up yeah, and yeah. getting relegated every year. At no point have we ever seen them, you know, come into the Premier League and then their owners come and say, all right, boom, we're going to put in this amount of money. We're going to inject this money. We're now going to aim for survival. We're now going to aim for 15th, 14th, 13th. I've never seen that from a Norwich. It's a yo club. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and are, and that's, that's got nothing to do with Lampard. But mm. this is what he's going to adopt. And that comes from mm. the top. Um, so for me, I think he needs a club with much more ambition. Yeah, much more ambition. Yeah.
0: Let, let's let's move on and speak about the the the, the captain, the leader, the legends like to call him. He's back on Twitter. Always, oh, he's, he's on. Twitter. He's he's, <laughs> Is
2: he's that his account? Twitter. Is that yeah, yeah, an yeah. yeah. <laughs> his official account.
0: He's on Twitter. He's um he's given a banter already. I think he's three days in. He's given banter to, to fans who are trying to give him banter, and he's he's matching the banter. But we're talking about John Terry. If anyone's not sure who we're talking about, um, he's not top of the wish list at Villa, from what I've been been hearing. Um, obviously we're talking about Dean Smith and um Craig Shakespeare, who have both left Villa, but John Terry. Kind of in the talks for the role at Aston Villa, I think with Stephen Gerrard and Roberto Martinez, who are probably more suited for me, in my opinion, to take that job on. Um, but I'll, I'll throw this one out. Ida, I'll come to you first. In terms of John Terry, do you, can you again, very similar to Lampard, can you see him fitting into to Villa? Does that make more sense because he's already been at the club, the club, the players that know him? He understands the system there already. Does that seem a bit more of a better fit for for John Terry?
2: So, so the way I see it is Villa had a great season last season um, when he was assistant manager. And when he left, we saw a massive decrease in, the, in their performances, especially at the back, especially in defence. They're leaking goals like no tomorrow right now. And I think obviously that came from John Terry. John Terry shored up their defence, I think, I think he demands respect that Lampard doesn't. If that makes sense, he's you know I think he's ready to go with people if they don't give him what he wants. I think he's ready to get ugly. I think he's ready to. He's he's, he's a bit old school in in that sense. Um, and I think he learned a lot of Dean Smith with with that. I think Villa is set up for him. I think personally, I think Villa is set up for him more than perhaps Norwich is for for Frank Lampard purely because. He, He's familiar with the players. I think he's already gained a lot of the players' respect, um, and I think he's his defensive attributes will set him up and give him a foundation to kind of push that push that club forward. With regard to uh, Stephen Gerrard, I know he's been linked heavily, heavily with uh, with Villa. I was listening to Ali McCoy today on uh, on Talk Sport saying that if he does take the Villa job, it could affect his. Liverpool uh, uh, job in the future because he's more set up to succeed at Rangers than he will be at at Villa. And I think he's always got one eye on on Liverpool naturally. He's got he's yeah. thinking when you know Klopp right now obviously is is the main man, one of the best managers in the world, but there will be a point where he leaves. And I think that's going to be set up perfectly for Gerard to come in now. Does he want to come into Liverpool, you know mid-table at Villa or does he want to come in having one, two, three championships at, at Rangers? Um, I think the Rangers want to some more. so for me, John Terry John Terry at Villa um, is a good fit, personally I don't know what you guys think but for me it's uh, just because of his mentality
0: Yeah, yeah I think you were saying the same thing when we spoke about it, Theo um, at the weekend or uh, it might have been yesterday but we, you were speaking and saying obviously he's ready for that step up from being the assistant he should get a job within the Premier League, I think you were saying, um, on Saturday or Sunday. But do, do you still agree with that? Do you think this makes more sense for, for John Terry to go back to Villa Park in that managerial capacity?
1: 100%. I'd agree with Hader. Um, I think it's a, a good, really good fit. Um, I almost felt like when both Lampard and Terry retired, uh, Terry was more ready to be a manager than Lampard was. Mm. And I think there was an interview with Fernando Torres after um, Lampard became manager of Chelsea. And they asked him... Are you, how do you feel about it? And he said, obviously, I'm really happy. He's my friend. I'm happy to see him manage the club I used to play for. But if I'm also honest, I'm a bit surprised because Lampard used to be very quiet in the changing room. He wasn't as much of a leader when it came to, you know, giving team talks as, Fernando, as um, um, John Terry. So um, for a manager role, I think John Terry is a lot, you know, more ready than Lampard is. And I think, as we mentioned, he knows the, the Villa team. He knows the Villa players. He was only He only left, I think, in the summer. And I think he left because he wants to be manager. He no longer wants to be assistant manager. And he's had about maybe a 4 five-month break now. And I think he's ready to be, you know, manager again now. And um, I do think, as, as Ida said, they've looked terrible Villa at the back since um, since he's left. So he does bring that kind of defensive stability to a team. Um, whether he's ready for a Premier League job or a championship job, I don't know. I'd like to maybe see him set, start off in the championship with a Nottingham Forest type of team, like we we discussed in another episode. And then maybe bring them, you know, take them to the playoffs to really establish him himself as a, as a respectful manager and then maybe get into the Premier League. But if this Villa job is already ready for him, he knows the players, he knows the, the fans, the fans like him, then, then maybe I say go for it as well. But maybe... The board ask, know
2: him. The, the board, board know him, him as yeah. well. You know, there, there isn't yeah. that stranger relationship. What type mm-hmm. of person are we going to get into the club? What sort of personality is, is he going to be? Yeah. There's open mm-hmm. relationships already.
1: Yeah, and, and and like Norwich, I think they have ambition. Villa, they want to stay in the Premier League. They 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 got into the top ten. I think they finished tenth last season, yeah. and they they want to establish themselves now as one of those top ten teams in the Premier League. And um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good move. Um, they have a I very can,
2: wealthy owner, by the way. They do. Yeah, yeah. they, do. they very, do. Very wealthy owner. You know. Yeah, yeah.
1: But then. Uh, other candidates, I think I've read about Roberto Martinez this morning, Lucien Favre, ex um Russia Dortmund manager. So they might want to go with someone with a bit more experience. But personally I don't rate Martinez at all. I think he's almost brought this Belgium team, you know, down. So I don't I see agree. why yeah, yeah. I agree. But maybe maybe Villa is his is his level kind of mid table team. So I don't know if that's what they want to go for, if they, if they want to strive for ambition, maybe get them get a young manager who will bring a new identity, John Terry. Or a more experienced manager who's actually a staff, you know, worked with a top three t- team in Bundesliga. That's what I'm talking about in Lucien Favre or Gerrard. I, I do agree. that maybe it will it will you know make his big dream move to Liverpool less likely in the future. But at least it will bring him to the Premier League. It will bring him back to England, and it will put him in a spotlight for other Premier League clubs in Liverpool. So should should Klopp all of a sudden underperform? Gerard's almost there in the shop window in the Premier League for them, but. You know, it's not like he's going to Man United or Everton. He's going to, to Aston Villa, so I don't think it will completely ruin his relationship with um with Liverpool. But I I, I would love to see John Terry at Villa more than I'd like to see Lampard at Norwich. Yeah,
0: Definitely. yeah, it makes more sense. I think you know um, the points that both of you have raised. Are, you know, it, it makes complete sense. My only worry is that again, you know, I think Villa at the moment. um you know, they're 16th. You know, they're two points from uh, relegation as well. So it's a big job when he takes that on. He's still got a massive uh, task on his hands. He's obviously going to go back and sort that defence out if he takes the job on. But, look, it's John Terry. He's definitely a big voice. You can tell that when he was at Chelsea, you can see that the, the impact he had at Villa
2: yeah, and that Miller. Even you know when he was on the touchline as as yeah, an yeah. assistant, um, vocal. He was more yeah. He was more vocal than than Dean Smith. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, he was laying into players, celebrating, and and as a player, when you see when you see a man on the touchline like oh. that, you know it's it's very Jurgen Klopp like you know yeah hot yeah. on sleeve, mm, ready context. to go to war for the players. Yeah, exactly. Mm, mm, and sometimes you get a reaction those type of managers get reactions from players Mm. um, rather than the type of managers that just, you know, don't show emotions, you know, stay at a distance away from the players. Don't know what, don't know what the manager's thinking, always second guessing what the manager's thinking, Mm. unhappy, not knowing whether they can talk to them or not. We know John Terry and we don't know him personally, but you know, I mean, like we we know what type of mentality he has and he's not going to shy away from anything.
0: You, you, you almost see that he's definitely not just a, um, a tactician, he's got, got the tactician, the, the football brain, but yeah. he's also a man manager as well. I think, you know, you see that on and off the field. You've seen it when he was at Chelsea as well, and again, when he was at Villa. So it makes more sense. I just don't know whether the board will overlook, you know, a Stephen Gerrard or a Roberto, a Roberto Martinez. I think they're the two front runners. And I think if any of them turn that down, you know, Gerrard says, I want to stay in, for Rangers and, you know, win oh, yeah, another trophy I agree. there. Or Martinez, I think I agree. I think he's he hasn't done the best at Belgium. I'll be you know I've, I expected a lot from that that squad, and I feel like. The squad's come to a, a period now where you know some of the, the the players are aging. You look at Eden Hazard or someone like that. Yeah, the squad's aging yeah, slightly, yeah, so yeah. he hasn't utilized the squad as best as I think he could have. I w- would have expected him to win a major, you know, a Euros or something with that squad, um, but they didn't. So um, it's going to be interesting. You no, know, I think we'll we'll probably see a bit more after the international break who gets what. How
2: job good and, would it be though to have them both in the Premier League, Lampard and Terry? With.
0: My <laughs> shout was, uh, to, to, I said to Theo at the um, the weekend, why not just have JT as the assistant for one year somewhere and have Frank Lampard as manager or vice versa? But I think Lampard as manager, JT as the assistant, and then they can just roll in, you know, keep them there together. And then when Tuchel, if he ever decides to leave, we just roll them back into Stamford Bridge with that experience there. It would be brilliant. It would be a match made in heaven. We we all want to see it at some point. But um, yeah, no, I think obviously John Terry... More geared up, I think, to, to manage, and um, yeah, the, the the task at Norwich is is crazy. So let's hope um, Lampard runs away from it as quickly as possible.
2: But has talk- um, just a quick question: Has Sam Allardyce retired? No. Well, relegant, I think yeah. he has, but
0: He's come out of retirement about twenty times.
2: Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, I can see him ending up at Norwich. If I'm honest, yeah. Sam. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: If you, you want to be saved from the yeah. drop, get, get Allardyce Honestly, if you want, that's why Newcastle. For me, they should have got hard, They should have got Allardyce. if They want to be know <laughs> unless you're West Brom true but like
2: <laughs> to get relegated. he did come in quite late to to West he Brom did, yeah. I think it was
0: but they are the great escapes they 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 like a good great escape at West Brom yeah. but yeah, yeah that was a bit too much for them but talking about internationals we've spoke about it slightly on here already but I'm in shock I can't be honest I, I've got to be honest you know Loftus Cheek for me maybe because I'm biased and he's Chelsea, but I think he's done a lot of work, not just in terms of international level, but to be even considered as a, you know, a regular starter for Thomas Tuchel, who didn't really see him in the plans at the start of the season. He's got himself back in the Chelsea squad. He's started really well. He's played really well. Same with Conor Gallagher on loan. I'm surprised that none of these two are even considered to be in the England squad, but Theo, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to you first. What is your thoughts on Loftus-Cheek being exiled from England? Is it Southgate just being Southgate, which we know he likes to do? I like to play, pick players on form, but actually I'll just pick my mates. Yeah. Is I do think there's, it-
1: there's, there's a bit of favouritism involved. He has his favourites. I think he, he, he said how much he rates Smith-Rowe in the last international break, but didn't pick him because he was in the, young, the younger squad. Whereas now he's been picked because I think Mount Rashford and a few other players have dropped out. But at the same time, I do think Loftus Cheek has. Every time he's played, he's impressed. He's almost put in a man of the match performance. Whether Southgate looks at goals and assists, you know, and picks his players based on that, but then in that case, why are you not picking Gallagher? And, you know, because Gallagher's got the goals, he's got the assists, he's he's got the man of the match performances as well. So I'm a bit shocked for both players. Um, I do think lot like, this this English squad is perfect for Loftus Cheek. We're missing that kind of tall. Physical, you know, player that can sit in front of the midfielders and drive up the ball to a Harry Kane, to a to a Rashford, uh, to a Sterling, and yeah, from a, I do remember even in the 2018 World Cup when he was picked and when he went to Russia, he was brilliant in the few games he did play. I think he played against Panama and was brilliant in that game. And now that he's rediscovering his form and his <clears throat> resurgence, I think this is, you know, the perfect opportunity for him to get back involved in the squad. And I think come Qatar um, this time next year, you know, World Cup next, next winter, almost December, I think I'll be very, very surprised if both these players aren't in that England squad. Mm.
0: Do you do, do you agree?
1: I'm
2: going to throw a spanner in the works. I don't agree. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you guys. I just
0: want you on here today. (laughs) that's, That's
2: not to say, that's not to say I don't rate him highly. And I don't think he's going to be one of the most, you know, amazing servants for Chelsea. If he carries on, on this path. However, I do, I do think he hasn't, he hasn't proved himself to, to that extent yet to be getting in front of the likes of Smith Rowe, even Conor Gallagher, um, uh, you know, some of the boys that are already in the England team, Grealish, you know, Foden, Mason Mount. We've seen it with England. They have so much talent. They have so, so, so much talent. And before we talk about loftus Cheat getting into that team, there needs to be a different manager for a squad like this because... You're just not going to get the best out of everyone when you've got someone as limited as as a Southgate, and I think I think that's the reality. I think England have the best international squad in the world, um, and I can I think they can put out probably three starting 11s that would compete. Uh, they're that good. However, with Loftus Cheek, a few things I would say is, I would I would personally judge him and and back in for the England squad once he's cemented his t- his place in the Chelsea team with a full squad. So, you know, when Kovacic is back, Mount's back fully, Kante, Jorginho, once he's then getting in front of these boys at Chelsea consistently, I would I, I would then, you know, and he's performing the way he is performing now, I would then push for him to... To be joining joining the team, I do think I don't know if you you guys are going to agree with me on this. I do think he's lacking end product. Um,
0: yeah. I, I think I think, mentioned that on the the last episode.
1: But he, he has yeah. it in his locker. He has it in his locker. Yeah, we yeah. saw it in the Europa League campaign. He's yeah he's, <laughs> he, yeah yeah, he's yeah. scored hat tricks. He scored goals in Asari season. He was scoring in the Premier League when he was playing. He has it in he, his locker.
2: Hundred percent. We need. We now need to see it consistently in the Premier League going forward. He's no longer that eighteen-year-old teenager breaking through. He's no longer a future prospect which we can sit here and say, you know, in a few years he's going to be this. He's going to. And with the competition around him, and with the competition starting so young with these boys these days, you know, boys, are, you know, at twenty twenty-one, they're they're hitting levels which are like sh- prime levels, you know, and and I think. With him, his drive is probably best in, the, like, best in the league. The way he drives past players, the way he just sprints past players. It's just when he gets in that final third, I think his brain just gets a bit jumbled up. He hasn't got that clear vision, that clear picture of, of, of a mount, of a uh, you know, Smith-Rowe, Foden. And I know he is a bit different, but he's not a defensive mid, is he? He's not he's not he's not gonna sit and hold like a like a uh, like a Jorginho. He's more of a Kovacic, you know, where he's box to box and he needs to deliver in that final foot. I'm not I'm not saying I want him to get 15 or to ten goals a season, but those just ne- a bit more. those assists needs to come up mm-hmm. and and he needs to just have a better picture of, of the uh, of the pitch. And I think once he does that and he breaks into the Chelsea team consistently. For me, that's when we can talk about him uh, uh, getting into the England team.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a fair shout, you know. I think he's um, it's one of the things that I definitely mentioned. I think on the last episode around his is an M product. He has to improve that. Um, I do think he's done enough to, to definitely warrant being mentioned amongst the the plays you mentioned. Um, even uh, you know uh, Smith Rowe, I think arguably does deserve a call up to the England squad. But I just think you know I don't uh, is, if not, you know, Loftus-Cheek should also be in that conversation as well, but you can only take so many players. So I understand a snub, but yeah. just the fact that he's, he seems to always be the bottom of the list. Um, even Conor Gallagher, I think, has just done as well as um, Smith-Rowe. You know, I think he, he's not better.
2: The good thing is, you know, the 2008, yeah, Theo, you were saying this, 2018 World Cup, um, the signs are there that Southgate likes him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had a great season at Crystal Palace. It wasn't, he wasn't the best player in the Premier League at Crystal Palace, but Mm. he had a decent enough season at Crystal Palace for Southgate to turn around and say, you know, I want, and don't forget, Southgate had these boys at the under 21s. So I think he has a good relationship with the young boys and I definitely don't think he's going to freeze him out. But I think Southgate's opinion is more, I need to see what you do at your club. You need to be the main man at your club before you start, you know, come to talk about England.
1: The one thing that does worry me about Southgate is you look at almost every single player that was that went to the Euros this season, this summer. Maybe as, aside from Declan Rice, they've almost all underperformed. This, they have, this, haven't this they? We noticed yep. yeah, you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. You look, you look at um, Rashford, he's underperformed. You look at maybe Grealish, Kane. Kane, yeah, yeah. The, all the centre backs that were there: yep. Stones, Mings, yep. Cody. Mings, and you're yep. thinking yeah, yeah. like they're still getting caught nope, up. Sure.
2: Luke Shaw sure looked like
0: yeah. Prime yeah. Roberto T- Carlos in the Euros, yeah. you know? Now- T- yeah. Tomori should definitely be in that squad for me. Tomori's another shout, for AC, yeah. AC Milan, yeah. and the fact yeah. Tyrone Mings is ahead of him, and I have said, I think I said this to you Theo as well, you know, the fact that Tyrone Mings is ahead of him just tells you that Southgate doesn't necessarily look further afield you know? than, than England, because, yeah. uh, you know, I watched Tomori um, recently in the Milan derby, I think on Sunday, and didn't put a foot wrong, you know, and he, he does that consistently for AC Milan as well. It's just a consistent, um, you know, nine out of 10, eight out, eight out of 10 performance. But, you know, he's, over, he's always
2: overlooked for, for that. You know what it is with Southgate? Uh, the media's jumped on so much how he's brought this unity and this harmony and this collective group of players who are all playing in different clubs in the Premier League and all of a sudden they're coming to England and there's a bond and, and I think he's clinging on to that. You know, he's kinda of saying, Okay, I've got these boys, they're making me look good in the in the media, they're making me look like I've united it. It's the right personalities everywhere. And I think he's sticking to those personalities. And I think when when new personalities are coming in, he he's a bit weary that would he come in and disrupt this? Would disrupt he come disrupt the in? harmony of the squad and yeah. And I think he's yeah. clinging on to that.
1: Yeah, but then again he did he did kick out um not kick out but that De- Deli Ali and Eric Dyer are nowhere near the squad now. So there is signs that if you underperform in the Premier League, oh, you, won't shit, get, you won't get yeah, <laughs> okay, you won't get caught
2: They're rubbish, mean, really
0: well, you know, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then on the the flip side as well, one of the things he's always pushed and promoted is he picks players based off form, which he's clearly not doing because you've just named not obviously all. Harry Kane. I understand how he can go in, actually, because... Captain, I, you can't I, really drop him. Yeah, It's he's the kind, media.
2: I, 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 I think it's more the me- what the media would do and how the media re- would react. If he dropped players like this, it would Maguire. then be, yeah, it would then be you know, war in the England camp. Are they going to get back? S- Southgate's lost the squad. And I think he's just trying to kind of maintain it. all. he's a great man-manager. Personally, I think he's a great man-manager. But when it comes to the tactician side of things, he's lacking.
0: Hmm. Quick question, I'm going to ask you before we move on to um, our last bit of the episode. But in terms of Conor Gallagher, I think we spoke about it Theo before. In terms of Billy Gilmore and Conor Gallagher at the end of this season, what are our expectations for them? Because I think we kind of said we, we can't necessarily bring them both back. Because I think one for me personally, I can I can almost see Conor Gallagher staying at Palace on a permanent deal after after the um, the loan deal's done, but. Obviously, we'd love him back, but would you like to see him back? Can you see that happening? Do you think I it's going to
1: happen? I know they're slightly different positions, but I think the next player we're going to touch upon after this, I don't think we will buy him permanently, which will free up a spot for Conor Gallagher. So I do think he'll be back at Chelsea next summer.
0: I'm going to throw that over to you as well. What's your thoughts? Yeah,
2: uh, only thing with Conor Gallagher is he needs to be in a team where he's playing 38 games a season. He's that good. Honestly, yeah. he's that good. You, you, you look at him at Palace and he's the catalyst. He's literally that energy, he's buzzing around, he's, he's whipping balls left, right and centre, he's taking shots at goal with, you know, that energy and, and I think he's, he is Vieira on the pitch. I'm not comparing him to Vieira, but I think Vieira's message that he's trying to get, the way he's trying to get his players to play, I think it's coming through Gallagher. Completely different players. Just in case anyone sits there thinking, you no, know, he's comparing him to Vieira and stuff like nothing like that. But mean. I think I yeah. think Vieira's message and the way and his style of of managing is coming through Connor Gallagher, and I think he's got a brain on him. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think he's just he's just a footballer where it's just you know nice stuff. He, he he's he's got a mature head on him, and he's the type of player that needs to be playing thirty eight games a season. If he's not going to get that at Chelsea next season he needs to go out on loan again for me. Yeah. But, but the loan move would need to be with a bigger club. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
1: the one thing I was going, I gonna say, how, it, going to go say very, very quickly is Mount... Didn't have a Premier League loan. He was at Derby before his first season in the Premier League. His first season in the Lampard in the Premier League with Chelsea. He was average. He wasn't the, the man that we know now. Whereas Gallagher now has had two loans in the Premier League. So I'm arguably thinking he's ready now to play for Chelsea. But as you said, I, you I know, he, needs, he needs 30 I games. I personally think he's ready. I
2: personally think yeah. he's ready to come in Chelsea. I think, I think his intellect as well will suit well with Tuchel. Mm. Uh, the fact that, you know, Tommy Tuchel wants his players to react in a way that he he's teaching them. And I think we've seen with a few players that don't respond. You're out. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's not, he's not type of an emotional manager. He's no sentimental uh, with any players. It's, it's my way or the highway. And I think with Gallagher, he would literally listen to everything. He's being coached. Mm.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. I, you know, I'd love to see him back. I just, I just, I agree with what you said. Thirty-eight games a season is what Gallagher needs, and I don't think at Chelsea the way we've, we're overly complimented in that, that position already. Um, I've obviously seen comments there around Declan Rice as well, but we're we're over complimented in that position already, and I just don't. I'm going
2: to be. I'm going to say something quite, you know controversial as well. Um, I think he can challenge Mount for his position. Uh, again, I know, it's a, it's a for, me, for me, Mount is, is, honestly, I love him. I absolutely love Mount. Academy boy from young and definitely going to have a career at Chelsea. But in terms of consistency, in terms of having an overall midfield uh, uh, mentality, if Conor Gallagher comes in and it's between him and Mount, on the way we're seeing it right now, there's no reason why he could, he wouldn't be getting in front of him. And I think that competition is healthy, personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that shit bear saying. I think, for me personally, I agree. I think if it is a case of Gilmore and um, Gallagher come back, it is going to be healthy competition for, for those places. And, and I think, you know, it's going to be an interesting summer as well, because I'm sure Tuco would love to have both of them in the squad and probably add additions to that as well. I'm sure there'll be one or two additions and new faces we'll see at Chelsea. But um, one player that we did want to speak about before we wrap up, um, Theo brought this to my attention this morning, was Saul Niguez back to Spain. Apparently the, the um, loan deal is expected to be terminated in January. Now, this is obviously down to probably a massive couple of factors. The fact that he probably hasn't settled in in London as much as he would have liked to. He hasn't really, for me, and we've spoke about this before, Theo, that he hasn't really got the level of game time. But I did also caveat that with maybe Thomas Tuchel seeing something on the training ground that we're not seeing, that he sees that is the reason he's not in the team. We don't know. But um, Theo, I'll throw it to you first. What's your thoughts on that if we do terminate and the conversation we've just
1: had around Gilmore um, and Connor Gallagher as well. I mean, as you said, we're almost over-complimented with position- players in that position. And I don't think it's a question of him not settling into London because he's actually come out and said he loves London. His girlfriend's really happy in London, but uh, he's just a bit confused to why he's not playing more games. And, but he hopes that will come with time. But now, you know, come with time. It's been three, four months now and he's only started two games, I think, I want to say. Um, he did look impressive in his last League Cup start against Southampton. But at the same time, I think it is something Tuchel seen on the training ground. Or maybe he doesn't provide the same work rate as a Jorginho, Kante, or Kovacic. And, you know, Tuchel likes his midfielders to, I think, win the ball back within a, you know five seconds, which we see with those other three midfielders I've named, and maybe even with Gilmore at times. So um, I think he will stay the season. I can't see him going back to Atletico in January. We're going to have another handful of injuries in December with all the games that we've got to play. Um, but at the same time, I can't see the move being permanent now. I remember I was sat here and, and I think when we signed him in August, September, and I said, brilliant move, 30 million uh, buyback. Um, uh, we can buy him for 30 million come come, come, the end of the season. and we will make that permanent. That's how sure I am. Whereas now I'm looking back at that myself saying that, and I'm thinking that's never going to happen now. We've got Gilmore, you know, who's ready. We've got Gallagher who's ready. And we've got gas who can't even get a game off the bench. So... Um, if I had to almost predict the future, which I've been very bad at lately, but um, I'm going to say it's going to be Gallagher and Gilmore in next summer and Ziyech and Ksanegu maybe out.
0: Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more of that, to be fair.
1: If you, if you look at
2: um, Diego Simeone's teams and the way they're set up and the way, the way, again, they represent him on the pitch, there's a reason Simeone was, al- was allowing Niguez to leave for me. And that was because he wasn't a pressing midfielder. He didn't have that type of intensity where it's a hundred miles per hour for 90 minutes. He's more of a ball player. He's more of a, you know, two, three, four, five touch player. Um, that's not to say he's a bad player, but with Tommy, with, with Tuchel as our manager, he's, he has no right being in that midfield for us. Absolute No, right. I was at that Southampton, Southampton game you were talking about. And, he was better. He was better than his his previous games. There's no there's no doubt about that. But was he star man? Did he win the game for us? Did, was he the difference between us and Southampton in that game? No. So if if in the lesser games he's not even able to to stand out, I think I agree with you, Theo. He, he, to show I think had a plan for him. He came in and I think he's seen in training that. I can't get out of him what I need to get out for this team to be set up the way I want my midfield to be set up. And for me, by January, I'm not. I'm not trying to be you know ruthless and stuff. But by January, and bring back Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore will learn more. At, more he will learn more with Chelsea for the next end of the season than he will than he will at Norwich. So leave Gallagher at Crystal Palace for the season. I think he's doing great. I think if he if they finish in the top ten, Crystal Palace, that will be a lot down to Vieira and that'll be a lot down to Coda Gallagher if he's playing at this rate. However, with Gilmore, he could come back with low confidence. He could come back, you know, thinking, um, you know, I've got so much to do to get back into this Chelsea team. Bring him back in now. There's going to be a few games, you know, come the end of the season where you can throw Billy Gilmore in. And I think, you know, going forward long-term for Chelsea, it's better for us to get more out of Gilmore right now than a few months out of Saul.
0: Mm. I think we've so, got yeah. just... I think we've just got to cut our losses with Sal, to be honest. I think he's, I think we've mentioned before um, that he's, I've said it before, that he's definitely, there's something that obviously Thomas Tuchel seeing somewhere that he's obviously not impressed with whatever that is. Um, Cause he, he definitely would have featured by now a bit more. I think, I think he would have had a few more games, a few more opportunities to play um, even common as a sub, you know, there's times where, you know, the opportunities there for him to come on and you'll see Ross Barkley or someone else come on before him. And that kind of tells you that he's definitely the bottom of the, the pile in terms of the plays that we've got. And I agree. Like we said, Theo, I think maybe two or three episodes ago, maybe last episode um, around Billy Gilmore, that time when There was all the talk about him being recorded in January. I think it makes perfect sense to have him back at at Chelsea because I think he is going to learn a lot more. He will get game time because I think we've obviously still got a lot of, you know, we're in all competitions. We've still got the Club World Cup as well to consider. Um there's a lot of football to be played and I think he will get a lot of game time. We know what Billy Gilmore can do as well and I think that's a, a massive key thing. But
2: uh, Even training uh, with some of the players, you know, he might yeah. not play as much as, mm-hmm. as we've, but just training with a Jorginho, just training with a Kovacic, training with a Lukaku, it, 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 his mentality will adapt, you know, and it, it will grow and, and this is what we need going forward long term because mm. we need winners and we need winners to play around winners and that's the only way he's going to learn from me.
0: Yeah, Uh, I do think obviously in the long term, you know, Thomas Tuchel strikes me as someone who thinks he's already thinking about next season already currently. So I think if that is the case, I think he'd rather have Gilmore back, knowing he can sort of embed him into the team this season slowly as well, not in terms of just throwing him straight into the deep end. But bring him in, bring him in for a few of those games where you do need to rest one or two key players bring him in or bring him off the bench and just incorporate him into the team that way. And then next season, we'll we'll probably see a lot more of him. And I think that just means the plans have come, you know, six months ahead earlier than expected. And I think it it makes perfect sense for me. Um, It's a shame for Sal, because I think there was definitely high expectations for him. I think, you know, obviously before he came to the club, um, I hadn't really watched that much of him, to be fair, Atletico, but... You know, you know of him, and you know that he. I could, he could yeah. think he, you know when he played against us, there was expectations that he was going to do really well. Um And like you said, Theo you know that sort of fee that we were expecting to pay for him, which we might still do, but for thirty odd million, you know, we were saying that the you know when we signed him, it was a bargain. So yeah, it's a it's a harsh one, but it's a harsh reality, I suppose, of you know football and how it works in this day and age. That if it doesn't work out.
2: You know, He'll get really a move powerful. though. He'll get a move somewhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's going to go back and just you know sit on the bench and stuff. He'll play for a decent club. I reckon. It's just yeah. like he's not suited for our manager personally.
1: I do want to see him get a run of games in December before we make a decision in January. though. I do want to kind of judge him on a few more games? So, so I think it's very very harsh from a fan. Would you risk it? Uh, we've got. Was it League Brentford in the League Cup? Maybe you know we've got. Yeah. We've got. Yeah. We've got games every three days almost. So I think. We've got to rotate. If not, we're going to get injuries to Kante, to Kovacic, to Jorginho. So um, yep. I would I would play him in a couple of those games.
0: Yeah, we've got we've got Zenit. Well, we've got West Ham, we've got Wat- Watford, West Ham, Zenit, Leeds, Everton, Wolves, Brentford in the cup. Then we've got Villa Boxing Day, and then we've got Brighton. So December is compact. It's very compact, and I think he will get some games. But I almost look at that as it is it too little, too late. I don't know if he's going to be able to impact that mm-hmm. much. Um, in that short space of time, and there's no
2: indication to tell us that <laughs> yeah. he's 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 in the plan. Like you said, Barkley's coming on, you know, ZH is coming on. All these players come, and he's always the last last call. And if it's a League Cup game, he might manage to play. I think the writing's on the wall for him
1: he didn't even get an appearance off the bench against um, Norwich Newcastle and Burnley, yeah. which were yeah. arguably the three easiest games of the season yeah, from, yeah. You know, Mason, Mount,
2: Mason Mount was ill on the bench and he still came on um, in, against um, Burnley. you know he wasn't 100% so all these all these things all these factors I think mm-hmm. it tells you where where our manager's mentality is at with him yeah, yeah.
1: it's a shame yeah, yeah, it's a shame though
2: I
0: agree I agree I um, agree we're going to wrap it up. I think that was a, a good episode. Obviously, Theo is always joining me. Um, and Ada, and thank you as well, because I know you've been, been itching to, to get involved. Yeah, it's so, yes,
2: pleasure, uh, guys. Anytime. guys. Anytime. Anytime. It's a pleasure. Thank you
0: yeah and definitely we'll definitely
2: have you back on you know um
0: hopefully make it a regular thing as well but for for those that are listening um on apple or spotify you can find us on twitter and instagram so our twitter is at from the shed end it's all one word and on instagram is at from the shed end with underscores between each of the words as well we're also on youtube so just give us a like subscribe comment search for us from the shed end on there as well um and again if you're listening on youtube or watching on youtube we're on apple and spotify as well so make sure you search for us from the shed end um and yeah we'll definitely be back for next week we've got a good episode i think lined up for for next week as well um and we'll also be previewing the leicester game i think as well at some point so um and yeah strip bear been in the comments since the start so i appreciate you as well um obviously making making it a bit more entertaining for us. Not sure about Declan Rice anymore. He's a brilliant He's brilliant for West Ham. I just don't know if he's going to fit into, uh, uh, again, a very over-complimented uh, Chelsea midfield, but we'll see. Two knows best, right? So, um, yeah, look, make me the... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been episodes um 35 of from the shed ends as always Fira, thanks for joining me hey De, thank you again for joining us as well it's been a pleasure thank, you. thank uh, you guys yeah we'll definitely be back next week with episode 36 so until then enjoy the rest of your week and yeah let's get these internationals out of the way so we can get back to premier league football